0: Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also. Eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, ears? What the fuck, a not? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck? Happy New Year. That's right, Happy New Year. We made it. We've arrived. It's 2011. Who knew? I know some of you are thinking, this is it. This is the last year. We've only got two more. What's going to happen in 2012 when the Mayan calendar explodes in our minds? Nothing. Nothing any different will happen other than a bunch of people struggling To think that the next year is going to be the year or at least better. When I, I got to be honest with you. Look, when people say Happy New Year to me, my first thought is that is too much pressure, man. Happy New Year. I can barely be optimistic about tomorrow. I'm rarely in the present because I'm a few beats behind it or ahead of it. So for today's episode, I couldn't really think of a better way to start the new year than to talk to Bobby Lee because he has overcome obstacles and some of them are are quite uh, quite disturbing though funny but i thought it would be an uplifting way to start the new year so uh, today we're going to talk to bobby lee from mad tv uh, if you don't know him before i get everything rolling here out of my brain and mouth i just want to say i will be at the sacramento punchline this weekend that is january 7th 8th and 9th at the sacramento punchline if you're up in that area am i there the 10th i, I don't know go check I do want to thank. uh, Let me see who sent this to me, because I've been I've been steered this way before. Lila or Lila. I get books from you guys. And this is the New Year's. I got this, uh, you know, just last week. The Power of Now, a guide to spiritual enlightenment by Eckhart Tolle. Now, I've been given the texts, the MP3s of Eckhart Tolle. I couldn't listen to him. The Power of Now. How about the power of. Pow! I just shit my pants. That's right, 2011. Justcoffee.coop, available at wtfpod.com. Go do it. It's so good. It is so fucking good. I tell you, I give this to all my guests who come to the house, and some of them have become addicted to it. Good coffee. So outside of the power of pow, how about the power of now? I will uh, I will continue to look at this book on my desk for a while. I hope you had a, uh, a new... A new, good year, a good New Year's Eve. I don't do much. I generally don't work. I think this is actually the third New Year's Eve I've spent alone. New Year's Eve is, I have a tradition now, and I'm going to share this tradition with you. Now, I don't know... Where you grew up or what you did or whether or not you could drive or at what point you drove at. But I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We had our driver's licenses when we were about 15 years old. So we were out there sitting in front of liquor stores getting people to buy us booze and driving around wasted at 15. Getting into trouble. Not really. Just driving around to where other kids were driving around. And then you park and you get out and you go, what's up? And they're like, not much, man. You going to go to that thing? I don't know. All right. Well, I'll see, you. are you going to drive back around here later? Yeah, we're just going to make the rounds to the other places where people, you know, hang out and talk in the parking lot. All right. Well, we'll probably see you around. Okay. So that was uh, my high school, and it always seemed to me on New Year's Eve, and this actually lasted all the way probably up to a few years ago, if that's possible. Maybe not. Maybe high school and college. Always what happened is you'd be someplace, you'd be wasted, you'd be on your way to getting wasted, you'd be at at a party. We're with people at about 1130, 1135, and then you decide that, fuck, we got to get to that other party. We got to get to that other place where people are having more fun than here. We got to get to that place where that, where that dude's going to be so we can get that thing, and then we can really have fun. We got to get to that place that's going to be the best place ever on New Year's, and I don't know how many times, but I got to tell you most of them. At 11.59 and 50 seconds, I was counting down in a car in route to a place we thought would be better. Now, if that isn't a fucking metaphor for life, I don't know what is. If we could just get to that place, man, everything's going to be okay. So what I've decided to do, and I'm fairly conscious of it, in honor of my past expectations about everything i like to spend new years at midnight in a car alone driving home may sound sad but for me it is a victory no expectations just time passing i don't count it down i don't know even quite honestly i didn't have a watch i know there's there's a clock in my car but it's five or six minutes fast I'm not clear on exactly how fast I didn't do the math so really it just went by me and I just sort of casually drove into the new year with a limited amount of acknowledgement got home had a bowl of cereal I know you're thinking sounds a little sad sounds a little lonely Mark no it wasn't because I was in it I was like dude it's just another day This is the power of now. It's okay. You wake up, lower your expectations. Try to change a few things that you can. Be a fucking grown-up. That's my only resolution this year. Be a fucking grown-up. You want me to explain that? I had to do a very difficult thing a few weeks ago. I haven't been able to really talk about it. I'm not sure how much I want to talk about. Even though I talk about everything, I had to choose against... My crazy fucking heart, in order to protect myself and my sanity. You know what that's called? Being a fucking grown up. Gotta take care of some shit, knowing your own limitations, knowing from years of being alive and making so many goddamn mistakes that I can't do everything I wanna do, that after a certain point, I'm gonna hurt myself. That's my New Year's resolution try not to hurt myself God damn it how come this got so grim that was not the plan I'm thrilled that it's a new year I'm thrilled to be doing more uh, WTfs a lot of good guests coming up already did some interviews good times this is gonna be a good year for you for me for uh for people we know perhaps see that's that kind of blind optimism that I can't deal with hey this is this is gonna be the year is it? Let me look at this book. Let me just turn to one fucking page in this book. Okay, let's just do it spontaneously, all right? We're going to do the power of now power exercise. I don't know this book. Frankly, I find Eckhart totally annoying. So let's just flip it open. Stop. Please examine where your attention is at this moment. Okay, I'm in it. You are listening to me or you are reading these words in a book that is the focus of your attention. Fine. You are also peripherally aware of your surroundings. Right. Books, clutter, uh, coffee cup, other people. Uh, there's no one here, but there's some people in my mind and so on. Right. Okay. Those people. Furthermore, there may be some mind activity around you that you are hearing or reading some mental commentary. Yes, there is. I'm on a microphone commenting on reading this book for the first time at a sp- in, a, in a spontaneous way. Yep. There is no need for any of us to absorb all your attention i don't understand that at all see if you can be in touch with your inner body at the same time okay so i'm reading this i'm talking about reading it and i'm feeling my guts keep some of your attention within Uh, all right i'm i'm focusing on my my uh my just just beneath my between my belly button and my and my my uh my cock don't let it flow out. No, I can't. I, I, that would be bad. I'd have to go to the bathroom. Fill your whole body from within as a single field of energy. Okay. It is almost as if you were listening or reading with your whole body. Let this be your practice in the days and weeks to come. Oh, my God. I can't. Look, we'll do the best we can. talking to bobby lee i
1: don't know
0: how to put this on man uh it should
1: oh well, they're fine oh,
0: there, oh, there you go put those on mm-hmm. you, can you hear yourself yeah yeah it's good right <laughs> yeah it's
1: nice technology
0: so bobby lee just got here yeah and uh he walked in and he said uh i said have you listened to the show and you said <laughs> i said it's got good numbers you said you heard it's got good numbers yeah so you never listen to the show
1: well, it's like, I mean, I've done other podcasts, like, I have I sometimes do Corolla. Uh-huh. It's not like I listen to it. I understand. I'm not- you know i to not, 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 not. It's like, I'm a fan of you. I'm I not, like I'm, you. I'm not judging you. I mean, who's got time? Well, I just sometimes, because I don't know, there's a th- relationship that I have with you that I have with no other, <laughs> which, which is, is it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I, I adore you, but then, you know- I feel like sometimes you don't like me.
0: What and what did that look like? Same is it basically the same thing you're doing now. Or, what do I you mean? I like, mean, what,
1: no. what joke? See, this is exactly. <laughs> this is exactly why I had a fear to. <laughs> I have fears. You don't yeah. have to have fears. I'm just no, busting. No, 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 no. I'm busting your balls because every, that's the. But that's the thing, though. That every like, time, that's, but but Mark, that's the thing. Right. though, that you know. what I mean, whenever I see you, you're it happy. It's it, because the thing is, is that. You know, I've seen your specials. You know what I mean. Yeah. And even before I did stand up, I yeah. was aware of you. You know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And I was a fan. And the thing is, is that. So there is that thing, you know what I mean? Well,
0: let me just tell you one thing. Yeah. I always enjoy watching you. And the only reason <laughs> I bust your balls with that particular thing, and it's always the same thing, yeah. is because I know you bust your own balls about writing new jokes. So it's the only reason yeah. that I bust your balls, because you always say you're gonna try some new stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, about eighty. I know, but eighty percent of the time you don't, and you get off and you look at me knowing that I'm thinking <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah. And that's that's really the only tension. Yeah, that, I guess so, yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean I, I have nothing but uh good thoughts about you and i want you to do well but
1: i think you have a thing though with um you have a thing with when people are trying to get the audience to like them like in terms of being like trying to be too likable or too, you know what i mean yeah and and i think that's my i want people to like me so badly on stage yeah that i think that you don't like that about me
0: no i I do like it and i understand it but i believe that you're one of those guys that they're they're you're so naturally funny there's very few things you, it would be hard for you not to be funny up there that's not but, true but no I'm i know but it, you it. but you're you're the one who causes it if it happens yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, i've yeah. seen you just make decisions <laughs> on stage uh-huh. where you assume like you know you're one of those people though if the laughs aren't like you know blowing the fucking roof off you're like no oh, shit it's fucking that was terrible yeah but that but that's
1: crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. But, but you know what, can I say I want to defend myself? Because I've been ha- I've been having to like headline and stuff mm-hmm. and you can't I can't worry about that anymore really. You just got to do the job. Well, I just yeah, I mean just I can't because you do so many shows and you know what I mean and there, in and a you week. To, yeah, and you have to do so much time. Yeah. That I I just that's the that's the thing that went, which is that whole paranoia. Because it's hard to to keep that level up, isn't it? Yeah, even like second show on a Friday, it's like you can't control the the, the insanity. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. But I think actually, I, I
0: think Saturdays have become worse because for some reason people are, I don't know if their expectations are higher.
1: They've you know. I've been sitting around all day. Are you able to generalize it all? Well, I, I, there's just I just know certain markets that I just I can't play really. Miami, like what Miami? Why? Because it's uh, um, it's beach ethnic people. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Yeah, the weird uh, uh, it, it's like all different
0: types of ethnicities, but it's about 19 different types. But of, they all like, kind of know.
1: because of the sun, though. You know, they all kind of look the same. You know what I mean? And yeah, they, um, they have no etiquette whatsoever i think when it comes to shows what's
0: well, like that party vibe it's just a big party down there it's awful. i don't understand how people have a good time in general and when they're out there like just it looks like there's groups of them and they've had a great day
1: yeah i mean who the fuck i can... performed on a friday night second show in miami and literally a couple was dancing halfway during my set <laughs> like up standing up <laughs> dancing you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, what, oh, I don't I, I, I don't know what to do with this. Sport. Spontaneously? I mean they, they... I don't know maybe they were dancing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean I I wasn't aware that they were. Was there music? No, there's no music. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my my uh my performance was so bad that because they just they want the they want like the to make Gary it. Owens. Uh-huh. You know who Gary Owens is? The uh, was he, uh... he's a white but he's black guy? No. There's a white guy who yeah. I'm friends with, he huge in the urban market. And he, you know, he does the ghetto kind of like, oh, yeah, back, a, oh you know, yeah, everything. right, 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 and they just eat that up, really.
0: But your stuff is pretty thoughtful. I mean, where y- you grew up on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. You, what do you mean?
1: Where'd you grow up? I grew up in San Diego, but is not it, on the beach. I don't. I thought that was the. beach. No, I grew up uh, in Poway, which is like 35 minutes inland, which we never go- went to the beach. I mean, some people did, but. It's more of a... Back then, it was more of a farming kind of community. So your family was farmers? No, no, no. They oh. owned clothing stores called Fashion Gal. Oh, really? Back in the 80s, yeah. And they... um, No, it was like kind of like... There was country clubs. It was kind of rich, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was higher income.
0: And and what did you... Uh, I mean, when did you start doing comedy? I was uh,
1: 23. But what happened was... Um, well, you know, I've always had a drug problem. Hmm. Okay, and I... um. When I was seventeen, I was a junior in high school. I got sober because I was I had a meth problem. Has it been that long? Well, no, I went back out. But the well, thing- let's talk
0: about this. Seventeen, you had a meth problem. I can't even imagine you on meth. I mean, were you were you thinner? Were you
1: funny on meth? No, I was. Uh, well, you know, you know, I, on my act, I think what happened was in my act. You, you know, I, I talk about how a guy with Down syndrome. Yeah, molested me, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, job. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> your <laughs> father, do yeah, yeah, the line. Do the line. What? You're your father. Oh, he. Whenever I brought g- girls over, he would tell that story. Like when Bobby was a little k- kid, he was molested by a retarded person. <laughs> you know, every time. Yeah, yeah, every did. day. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> he was just not even hello or like it into like who are you. That's like his opening line. You know molested. what I mean? And he thought it was hilarious. It was like, how could he let he, The guy do that to him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but anyway, I was molested by this guy, right? And ever since so when that you seventeen? No, when I was on uh, nine, eight, oh, nine ish. Okay. So then is a little, little that happened old. in Minnesota, right? Yeah. And then we moved to San Diego, and then as soon as I got to San Diego, I just was just lost. I couldn't get good grades, you know. And Asians really want you to have good grades. And you
0: think it was because of the molestation? I don't know. I think it was. Like, I was born wrong. You know what I mean? But how did what's well, what's if you don't mind? Mm-hmm. Who was this retarded guy? Have, I don't why, know.
1: But why were you there? Well, in Minnesota, um, I lived in Edina. And Uh during the summers, um, there's ice skating rinks rinks that are outside. Right. But during the summer, they're like grass, just fields of grass, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So there was one by my house that had this guy with Down syndrome who mowed the lawn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? During the summers, Mm -hmm. right? And he had a shack, which he lived in. Right. It was a single bed. Right. And he had all these rafters in this shack. Right. And he had candy up there. Yeah. And I guess he would lure kids in. You know what I mean? And I, it wasn't like he stuck his finger. I mean, can you get how detailed? Can you? As detailed as okay, you want. Well, it's not like he, you, you know, he fucked. Yeah. He had sex with you. You know yeah. what I mean? But you know, he would fondle yeah. your genitals yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I went there for the candy. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And you I, and I, and I, went, and you I got, went. You got so much more. I got so much more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, I'm it, sorry, it was a fiesta man. but the thing is is that i um would keep coming back for the candy oh. cuz i didn't care about the the genital that's thing. i think that's where my addiction started maybe oh
0: so i see so the shame of it was like as you got older that it sort of tried to reconcile this idea that you would keep going back for candy even though this yeah this uh, mentally uh, disabled person would play with your balls <laughs> <laughs> that it, yeah it caused it, you a little a little shattering in the sense of but self but i think it's
1: even deeper than that i think it's just that i just you know I just want this fix, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'll do anything I can. And I it, I don't care what the consequences are. Right. I just want you know, what I want. So you know when I mean? you got to San Diego, you were lost? It turned into meth. <sighs> really? Yeah. Well, I met pot, you know, the gateway, and yeah. then cigarettes, pot, then... Me- back then, there was no really heroin in Poway. It was more meth and LSD. You're lucky. You know, and LSD. In, in a way. G- yeah, I guess so, yeah. So, like, did you get really fucking strung out? I like, really bad, yeah. I, I stole, like, $15,000 from my parents' safe. A bunch of bought a bunch of drugs, and I ran away from home for a month. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, yeah, I was just one of those kids that like I don't know. I was Were you lost. angry? Because you seem like know, such a, so... a sweet guy now. Well, I'm you know sober again for almost eight years. So yeah, I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. So
0: you stayed sober for how long? After? There, twelve ish. Did you go to rehab? Yeah. Oh, I went so to you McDonald's did the whole thing. center. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I went to this place called Ocean View. I didn't went to two in high school. Yeah. And then um, stayed sober. And then when I got on Mad TV, I relapsed. On what? On at the volume at first, and yeah. then it turned into like a thirty Vicodin. Holy a day shit! Addiction. Yeah,
0: you must have been like sort of. Were you crawling around? Thirty No, I, no you build to that. You oh, you got yeah, to work up to it. Yeah, you work up to it. So what, now, what was it about? Okay, so we'll get to that in a minute. So you're fucked up. You're all cranked out. Your parents are. You're fighting with your parents over this. Yeah. They probably hate you. Though your father seems pretty funny, but not necessarily the most. No, back then, no, 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 he
1: was not funny. No, no, I mean they they're traditional Korean people, so they. You know, if you get a C on your report card, you get hit. You know what I mean? I've talked to a, a couple of Koreans. That's really true. Yeah, there's true, a pressure. Yeah. yeah, there's a pressure. But then when you, but you, but most Koreans when they get hit, when they get a C, kids, yeah. right? They change their attitude and they get straight A's. But I went the other way. You know. But what aren't I mean?
0: they fucked up grown ups? Aren't they like you know, kind of control freaky perfectionist, sort of self hating grown ups? Who like no, I mean Koreans like Koreans Koreans, Yeah, I mean who 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 with well, that type of discipline.
1: You know, well, I have this thing where it's like, you know, okay, remember like when uh, in Virginia Tech when Cho Sung-wee shot yeah, yeah. the school, right? Yeah. See, I blame that on the parents, his parents, Uh-huh. because he got good grades, you know what I mean? He was talking to invisible people. Mm-hmm. He had no friends at all. He was like a weirdo, mm-hmm. right? He had massive problems. Yeah. But they didn't address those problems because he got good grades and he was going to college, Right. Right. So I blame his behavior and him shooting up that school kind of on his parents because I, if you notice when that sh- shit happened, his parents yeah they went straight to Korea yeah they disappeared oh really yeah you shame. can't you can't find an interview with them they they haven't they they haven't justified you know what I mean why well he was clearly sick y- yeah, yeah but the thing is is that when you have a kid that has sick you know he should be on medication right and he should be you know I, I see, mean there should be right. some sort of you know intervention in some way you know what right. I mean? which they didn't do right and in many ways Korean parents in general I don't I don't generalize it but in, in a lot of Korean parents view their kids as trophies in many ways like they you know if they get good grades they're fine you know what I mean but they don't really care about uh, about how good their kid is as a person you know what right I mean?
0: so is that a community thing was there a big Korean community down well I there? think I don't know I mean it's just my Theory, no, I, yeah. mean, I mean, in, in Poway, were, were there other Korean families? Yeah, there
1: were other, yeah, I have cousins and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So we all went through. So you got the shit beaten out of you and you didn't change? Well, it stopped after, eventually because I um, would fight back. Really? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one time, this is so bad. I thought, one time I ran away from home and my mom, She, I was gone for like a week and I was like 16 and I had to come back home to get clothes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... My mom had, st- I didn't know my mom was home. I snuck in the house, right? And my mom was sleeping on my bed crying because I'd been gone for a week. Yeah. And for some reason, I just beat the shit out of her. Oh my God. I know. It was awful. I was so, I was so loaded, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just hit her in the face like a bunch of times. Like she was bleeding. You know, I mean, I was an awful kid, you know? How old were you then? 15. 16. Oh my God. Yeah. But then right after that, at 17, I got clean, you know. And then, I, you know, obviously, I stayed at home until I was 21. I, you know, I made my amends. Yeah. You did, you, I mean? did you go back to school and finish up? And- I went to junior college, and I dropped out, and then I just moved out, and I, I moved to La Jolla, and I worked at a coffee shop at 22, and right next to the coffee shop was a comedy store. That vine-covered building. Yeah. It's like the earth is trying
0: to take it back. <laughs> it's like, it's San Diego's... This beautiful beach town and yeah, you it, walk, it, it, and yeah. like you walk into the comedy store down there which is completely covered in ivy ivy yeah and you
1: walk in it's like oh my god she's but, brought the darkness here <laughs> yeah but there's also like the blackness behind the ivy yeah the, the walls so it makes it look like mythological and very it is yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: now when you go so you started doing open mics there yeah
1: and they took to
0: you who, who the first one fred
1: burns do you remember him oh, who he was a, he had spinal bifida and he was on crutches. He was the manager there for years. I didn't, like. I never did La Jolla. I, my
0: history with the comedy store is very intense and it's very short as at, at a specific period in its history. Yeah, you worked the door though, right? I worked the door in eighty seven. Eighty seven, yeah. But like, I didn't. I didn't hang in because I I lost my mind on drugs within a year. Yeah. But because it, it, there was so much going on then, you know, I sort of got integrated into the mythology of the place. <laughs> but. But I was one of those people that believed it. But, you know, it's only to a certain people. Like, you know, some people look at the comedy store. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with those freaks over there? Some people wouldn't even go near the place. And then there are those people that never leave the place. I think that not unlike you, it seems that like uh, there's a certain type of wayward soul that wants to get into comedy, but also really needs the structure, some sort of dark parental structure. <laughs> yeah, like a Sith Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like regular people that are mildly well-adjusted, they don't fucking hang out at the comedy <laughs> store. Right, right, right. You know, but all these like, these freaks and weirdos and people, like, it's interesting, you come from that background and somehow or another you find your way into this pit of darkness Yeah, and then you become really a product of the store. Like, when I was there, I was sort of half-observing and I never locked in completely but I definitely felt that, like, this was home. Mm. You know, that, like, I would go there during the day, I'd make coffee, I'd listen into CDs <laughs> in the OR Yeah, by, yeah by I was yeah. living in Crest Hill. Yeah, it just seems like all my needs were being met by this weird witch of a woman yeah. who was at the top of this pyramid who you rarely saw but she would talk to you through three or four people <laughs> who were trying to interpret <laughs> yeah. her
1: fucking insanity yeah, yeah. but you
0: grew to really be f- afraid of her
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, she still instills that fear in me. You know what I mean? And
0: then when she walks in, you're always like, "Hi, hi Missy." And you're like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And you almost don't want
0: to be seen. Like, I remember she'd come, and you, like sometimes you try to be avoid, avoid seeing her because you never knew when she was
1: gonna go. You can't work here anymore. Yeah. For no fucking reason at all. And she has like 19 shawls and like scarves all over her head. You Dude, know what I mean?
0: she told me I should wear a scarf. She said, "You're a poet.
1: You should wear a <laughs> scarf." So like for three weeks, I was wearing a fucking scarf. She used to do that, right? Change people. Like that's what happened to Carlos. Mm-hmm. right she changed his name you know he came in as Ned Holness and she goes you're Carlos Monsignor
0: yeah well yeah he made yeah he made yeah. Uh, yeah there's I don't remember what the story was but all right so you're in La Jolla you start doing comedy yeah. you're sober and what what was that moment where you
1: realized this is the fucking shit I mean did you just like were you did you always have no, the, I, no I always had no I have when I showed up there they did no one like locally in fact I still have enemies down there Oh, because there was a local comedy scene, yeah, there's and a local you, and, <laughs> and comedy scene, and you and, won. Well, I didn't win. They hate me. I mean, no, they didn't. The... You rose up quickly, and so they. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I rose. I became a regular pretty fast, and they just. Did, I didn't have a lot of friends down there. Why? Well, there was this guy named Wally Wong. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> He was like this Asian comic that had been there for 20 years. He's awful.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice guy, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure, awful. Nice guy. Nice guy. He's just not good. And um, I did a show, after six months of doing it, I got invited to do Make Me Laugh, which was on Comedy Central when they first did it, right? Right, the, re, the, the remake of Make the Me remake, Laugh. The remake, yeah, the yeah. remake. Yeah. And Mark Cohen was the host. Yeah. Back then, you know? And um, I, I had maybe five minutes of material, bro. And I went on the show and they kept calling on me. Right? The contestants. Yeah. So by the fourth time, I I took, I didn't take one of Wally's jokes. It was like a hacky premise yeah. that I kind of changed at the moment. What was it? Basically, and I, obviously it's so hacky. It was basically, his joke was, um, Asian people look alike. You know, my family shared one ID. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My joke was, you know, Asian people look like right? I had my grandmother go to school for me. You know uh-huh. what I mean? She went yeah. to prom. She got laid. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of extended it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sort of a different it's joke. A, but it's still the same premise. Yeah. Well, he told everyone, you know, he made sure. a big stink that I'm a thief. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I apologized. You know, he's, he didn't talk to me. You know what I mean? And then I just soon, soon after that, I moved up to.
0: It's interesting you know, about about stealing in that situation because that, that happens more so than not that, you know, when somebody makes a decision to eat, because you were obviously aware of it and it really isn't that the same joke. And you're right. It is a fairly standard pre- uh, premise. But I've heard that before of guys who get opportunities mm-hmm. that they're maybe not ready for yet. Yeah. And they've only got so much material. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're
1: stuck. And all they know is to you know go for the joke in their mind that works. Yeah. And, and I was desperate, dude. I was s- literally I feel I remember sweating. Going, I don't have anything clean. Like I, I only have five minutes. I don't know what to do, right? So I remember hearing him tell that joke, and I just switched it in my mind, going, "It's okay, sure, to do that." And I mean, you know, you know how I'm a guilt-ridden yeah. person, so I did it. And you know, obviously, the ride home was the worst, mm-hmm. and then I had made my amends. You know, Cause cause you're beating yourself up about it. Yeah, and I, 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 tried, I did the right thing. I, I apologized to the guy. I go, you know, I was on this thing, you know, this and that, and the, everyone just. But there's me. that
0: weird line with comics like there's like some, some it's an unforgivable transgression and it sort of hangs over you. It's good that it didn't hang over you forever, but you're so fucking self-conscious. So you would you have to be happen. aware of it. A guy I know up in uh, Kirkland, Washington, some black dude I work with had the best take on that one. He's a, he was a black guy. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, he's he's um he, the way I can't remember the setup of the joke, but the way he stopped thinking that all Asians uh, look alike. <laughs> Oh. It was like he's got this one Asian friend named Steve, yeah. And he realized one day when he saw some other Asians, he's like, "Hey, you're not Steve." And that's, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's, how he realized. that's funny. That's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good one. So, all right. So, how long before you got Mad TV? You're, you start. So you started when you were 23, and you started and you did the uh, make me laugh. And what? Like you're within two years,
1: at, you're very good at this. What? Just this this whole process. Oh, well, thanks. You're on it. Well no, we're just
0: having a conversation no, know, and I'm getting to know you. I don't know that much about you and it's always so weird and tense and, and I've I've I have i <laughs> i have been I've been I've been sort of a dick to you only because um because you're cute and and you, you respond just the way I want you to. You get all weird and squirrely. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Okay. But I, I won't do it anymore. But <laughs> no, you I do.
1: Be, Mark, you can do whatever you
0: want. You know what I mean? But there's been a couple times where you're like, I don't have to deal with this anymore. Like you literally said to me, like, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna fucking you know, you got mad at me. Like, I heard. you. Yeah, because you know. I
1: know, I mean, you, you, you come from, I know, I I mean, I don't know I don't know you a great deal, but I know enough to know that you're a good guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, that's that. Yeah, I don't
0: know why. Like, I, I've been reading up on this shit because, like, I've, I'm recently hitting some other sort of bottom with uh, with uh, relationships, mm-hmm. like, like um, you know, Al-Anon and shit and codependency and, like, you know, just what a freak I am. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's this thing that people do that that are like you're insecure or want to take control of a dynamic very quickly yeah and that's sort of like take a like a little shot to put the per, other person on the defensive yeah, and, yeah. And, and basically it's breaking through your boundaries when i do that to you when i say sort of like any new stuff yeah like I, i'm like inside your head like immediately because and like, you're good in that way yeah yeah i know but yeah, it's not yeah. a great
1: talent to have <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's not like some sort of gift i know i know but i know what you're doing now you know what i mean in the beginning i didn't know i go Oh, but I just had a conversation with Mark that was very pleasant last week. <laughs> and, now and then he dick. comes in and he goes, says something like, you're a strong feature or something like, you know, whatever you might say. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's such an ass. And, and then you're like, oh, why did he hurt me? Well, it's, no, well, it's i And fine. also, I'm, I get in a bad mood when
0: I go over there. It makes me very fucking nervous. No matter how much success I get in my life, if I go into the comedy store yeah. and I see the, you know, that the back wall and just sort of like, it's like, oh my God, why am I still fighting this fight? But you're a fixture there now kind of i mean i I, try, I don't go as often i all it takes if i have one shitty set there yeah. and 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 i like i got i can't come back for 3 weeks because i just don't want to deal with it i don't want to give that place any sort of leverage over my my sense of self yeah right. cuz you can do a few sets there and let, if you do like 2 weeks in a row there you can easily walk away thinking like i'm i'm no good at this anymore something's gone
1: wrong yeah but it helps i think it helps though so in many ways i think it helps in many ways in, in terms of like you know what I mean? You you go like up. a gym. Yeah. Like yeah, a gym. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know, I agree. Yeah. I right, so all right, so what
0: well, you did make me laugh at twenty four. <laughs> yeah. Now how quick did the opportunity for Mad
1: T V come? Well, oh, years later. Um I lived in Silver Lake with seven guys in one bedroom apartment. My Anyone we know? To- uh, one guy, he slept there many times. Wee Man from Jackass back then. Oh, really? Yeah, he would like spend the night. A lot of skaters uh-huh. spent the night. They, they called it the dumpster. In Silver Lake? In Silver Lake. Yeah, wow. it was in, and... on Sanborn, which later, Natasha Legero, and Duncan moved into that building. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And also a bunch of Matt TV moved, moved in when I... Anyway...
0: Bunch uh, of scary wee man, the, the, the little person? Yeah, yeah, and So you had a, a little person hanging around?
1: We had a little person. We had a, uh, a guy named Hippie Dave, which was a 55-year-old hippie who slept in the living room, long hair, dreads, um, incense. And then we had a 16-year-old runaway girl named Sophie, a blonde who from Beverly Hills. She had ran away from home, and she was on meth. And She, she ran in li- Town? And she lived in um, our apartment. So there's a lot of drugs there. Yeah,
0: I I was sober though at the time. My brother a lot of drinking and drugs, and this is like that's a classic Hollywood freak show setup. Yeah, you have people that were kind of in the business, and then like riffraff.
1: Yeah, skaters. You know what I mean? Uh, poets. Shit being stolen? No,
0: no. We had cool. nothing to steal.
1: There was no TV, nothing. <laughs> and my brother had built a Cambodian kind of a, sh- a like a makeshift house inside my closet with bamboo and stuff. You know what I mean? He lived there for years. You know what I mean? He lived in your closet? Yeah, he lived in my closet. He had in made, the... like, shelving. It was unbelievable. You know what I mean? And there was a bed? Yeah, he had, like, this little IKEA little setup in there. You know what I mean? And then um, I had a girlfriend, Amy, who lived there, too. In a the while. closet? No, she lived in my room. But he lived in the closet. <laughs> it was awful, bro. <laughs> it was, and, and we were so broke that, like, and I... Because like, Mitzi didn't put me up for years. So then what happened was one day I... Um, I, I got a commercial agent. Mm-hmm. This a Korean dude named Lawrence, who I'm still with. Yeah, and he would send because you know most when I first got to this uh, into this commercial agency, they would only send me in for Asian or ethnic parts. Yeah. So when Lawrence became an agent, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm bringing, I'm putting Bobby in, just every, I, I'm submitting him for everything." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went in for this thing that they wanted for just a white guy. Yeah. So I went in and I got it and. It paid me so much money, it changed everything. Really? Yeah, it was an IBM spot, Uh and it paid me uh, so much money that I left my brother in the hut, (laughs) (laughs) I did, I left him there, and I moved downstairs. because They didn't... had to start reinve- uh, renovating the apartments downstairs, and so I moved into a different apartment.
0: So, oh, so you moved out of uh, 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 into a different unit?
1: Unit, but they had hardwood floors. They exposed the brick. It was really nice. And your brother was upstairs
0: in the he closet. In the Cambodian
1: closet. And who was
0: in your old room?
1: Uh, Kalisto, my other roommate, had moved in there. So your brother
0: didn't even get to make the jump to the room?
1: No, because <laughs> he has to get a job. He had to get a job.
0: So you're you're busting his balls like your parents busted yours. Well, he no, could... he was
1: upstairs. Okay. <laughs> I know he's upstairs. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I didn't abandon him. So it's like punishment. You stay in the hut. The dude was 25 years old. In it's the not hut. like he was 15 <laughs> living in the closet. <laughs> yeah, what's he he's doing? little. What's he, what's he's he, a little dude. What's he doing now? He lives in LA. Not in the closet. No, he works for like a key maker. Okay. <laughs> Do you, you didn't help him out. No, he works. For, I help him all the time. Okay. I pay for his cell phone, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whenever he wants a dinner, I pay for it. I help him out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever I go on like cool gigs, I went to Korea six months ago. Yeah. And I got a gig out there. Yeah. And I flew him out there. I yeah. mean, he he has a light good okay. life. He okay. has a good life. <laughs> Not bad, brother. You went to Korea? I, I shot a music video with this Asian female pop group. Oh,
0: you talk about on stage. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah. That's a funny <laughs> that's a funny joke yeah, you do. You. I like watching you dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you're so kind. No, I do. No, I, I, I like it. I love it. I always get a kick out of it. So then then after that I got mad. After I got the IBM commercial. And then she of And course, no, I got the Tonight Show on Leno after the commercial. Like little it all you know what happened was this guy named Jason Galern, mm-hmm. a month before I got the IBM commercial mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra was in Rolling Stone magazine they did like an article about him. Yeah. So and this is I'm going to get try to get spiritual here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my friend Jason Glurn says, dude, I'm getting into Deepak Chopra, and yeah. I had no money. You know, I was broke, so I go, you know what, I'll give it a try. So I got the book, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Yeah. After I got the book, a week later, I was playing La Jolla, and there was a girl in the front row. Yeah. Her name was Katie. Yeah. Okay? And she, I got, I, on stage, I go, oh my God, it's Katie. I used to work with her at a restaurant. So after the show, she said she works for Deepak Chopra right yeah like right after i got this book right yeah so then the next day i went to the deepak Sh- chopra um learning center or whatever mm-hmm. and i got to meet him right yeah he was his assistant yeah and then he got me another book that he had written i forgot what it was but um was it
0: handwritten like he's
1: like would you read over this oh it's a published book okay and then i started practicing the things in the thing like what does that mean practicing lay it on me I need fucking help. Well, you know, in in the, there's a theory in the book where it's like in order for you to achieve success is to help other people achieve success, hmm. right? So, you know, um, I got, you know, Ari Shaffir, Mike Black, mm-hmm. all these younger comics back then signed to the agency. Ari did very well. Yeah, I got him, you know, Lawrence signed him, mm-hmm. Mike Black, a bunch of guys that did very well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And um, as soon as I start, started b- becoming positive trying to get people stage time like i brought rena Zizzi to, to the comedy store he's done very well too. yeah yeah i brought him to the store i brought mike kevin christie to the store he's funny yeah so um i started behaving in that way where i'm trying to help people yeah and then soon after i got things just started coming to me like really immediately oh okay
0: and that so that worked for you was there other other things or was that the, the main one what do you mean other G- deepak chopra isms that worked for you
1: Oh, I mean, it's like meditating, sitting in silence. Do you, you know do me? that? It, yeah. Every day? Yeah. How long? I breathe in the morning. I wake up in the mornings. I sit. I breathe. Walk I me through think- it
0: because like, I, I can't tell you literally no less than 10 people in the last month have told me to fucking meditate.
1: It works, dude. How do I do it? Well, the thing is, is that a thought is a bubble, right? I think of your thoughts as a bubble. That's okay. what I do, right? Okay, yeah. So I sit there because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm thought master. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I have a thousand thoughts running through my mind, right? Yeah, and the thoughts aren't. I'm you're... thinking about you thinking right now. Yeah, but the th- <laughs> <laughs> but the thoughts the thoughts aren't you. It's just your. It's a organ. Your brain is an organ. Just fucking and it going just behaves, it. You know I mean? in off. a certain way, yeah. right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's coming from you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's just your brain doing its thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I sit just there, like
0: my, my stomach's digesting food, right? Right. Yeah. So
1: I'm breathing. I breathe, right? I, br- well, I don't. I breathe like that, sure and I breathe.
0: No certain way? Like through your nose?
1: Yeah, I breathe through my nose, I, through, yeah, I blow it out of my mouth, right? And I, when the thoughts come to my mind, I pop them like it's a bubble. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So it's like, God, this is stupid. Pop. Pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Pop. Yeah. What? <laughs> that's Wait, what that, that's yeah. what it goes. Like, I'm doing a, it, I'm just doing it. But then you start to like, so, why, so, why is my mom yelling at me, pop? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that, pop. <laughs> yeah, right. And eventually, your brain slows down. Mm. Mine does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just think, and then all of a sudden, there's a, a void. Mm-hmm. You know all right? I mean? Yeah. Now, I, in it, I don't do it. There's always thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yeah, can yeah. I don't do it perfectly. Of course. You really know what I mean? Can't. There's no. I don't think there's perfection really in it, unless mm-hmm. you hit nirvana or whatever. But the thing is, is that I I slow my brain enough, right, where it's the thoughts come. You know what I mean? Sporadically. Yeah. Right. And. That there are there are moments of complete silence. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in that silence, I mean, you drop, you know what I mean, intentions.
0: What does that mean? What? You drop intentions? Yeah. You, oh, that means all the things that are are pride-driven or, or success-driven or, or things that come from fundamental insecurities disappear.
1: That, and also you drop little things of things that you want in life.
0: Oh, you drop them in? Yes. Okay, so when- In a pool,
1: when, a pool of nothingness you
0: okay so you're there in the void yeah after popping I your thoughts, so,
1: i sound so hippie huh? no you don't that's no, not hippieish. It's, it's not it's
0: not, it's not hippie because i you. have to do it though okay well i'm just want to make okay. sure i understand you breathe <laughs> yeah. you sit still you <laughs> pop a lot of thought bubbles yeah and after you've popped a lot of bubbles if you're yeah. lucky you hit the void yeah I, and I, that, I
1: hope i don't get molested by another guy with down syndrome pop, <laughs> that, that, that okay, stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah and then and then there's the void uh-huh. and then you have your intentions yeah and like i'm gonna throw them into the pool yeah and then and then then that's a good thing. Yeah. As long as the intentions are good. Mhm. But you don't throw things like right in the pool like I wish Mark would die.
1: No. Oh. Ooh, that's negative.
0: So no negativity.
1: I try no new negativity. The thing Mark the whole thing about things cuz you know I'm in 12 step programs is to help other people. And that's it. Too. You know what I mean? So in yeah. the combination of meditating and if you go out of your way every day to try to and without you know without taking credit for it even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the whole thing I was talking about, Renazizi and you know, all that stuff, I mean, I just made a point, you know what I mean? No, no, I know what you're saying, you know what what I mean? because, but- like,
0: I feel like for the first time in my life, whether it's voluntary or not, because mm-hmm. of this podcast, I'm, I'm actually reaching out to people. Yeah, yeah. And I'm reaching out in a, in a good way. Uh-huh. And it's not necessarily, it wasn't why I got into it, but it seems to be happening, yeah. you know? Uh, I think my intentions were, were, were kind of selfish initially, but now I'm very, you know, I'm very aware of 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 who's listening and why they're listening and and I want to help people yeah yeah and and that's making me feel good um but like what about okay how do you balance out the things like okay, so you're a positive guy you're doing the meditation we're throwing uh, intentions into the void pool and and <laughs> you're doing <laughs> You're yeah, doing the, keep going you're doing the 12 steps yeah, yeah. And, and you're making the amends and you're fucking being righteous doing the service stuff and now all of a sudden a girl comes into your life that you like a lot mm-hmm. but it's not gonna work out and you have to break up with her and she's very upset and mad at you mm-hmm. and now she's out there hating on you how, how, what, can I throw her into the, into the pool? <laughs> In no. a good way? No, I mean, probably no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like pray pray, or something. Or... Well, the thing is, okay, well, let's get, get Cause back you, to Because you're like a guy that you, you, you've, you have girlfriends and you have I things... have a girlfriend now. It's yeah, been and, over a year. And you have people that don't
1: like you. The many people. And, and you've probably done some bad shit. I've done some bad shit. Okay, so what happens? What do you mean? How does it balance out? The thing is, is that, that, you know, your intentions, like when I was going out with Christine, when I first started dating her, right? Yeah. My problem is I dive into things, you know what I mean? Because she's sexy. You know what I mean, like in any girl, right? No, I like, know, I'm the just, same way. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, is that what? Because I'm 39, right? And I, what I tried to do this time, you look right, good though, thank you. But the, what I try to do this time is, I like, go, uh, you know, what is my intention? Yeah. You know what I mean when it comes to this w- woman. You know what I mean. Do Do I really like her? You know what I mean. Do I? You know what I mean. Is she compatible with me? Right. So with Christine, the girlfriend I have now. Those things weighed deeply, rather than she's very cute, beautiful. But there's
0: no craziness into it. You've gotten past your crazy. Like I, I had good intentions, and I, I really have a lot of feelings for for this person. But then, like I just realized, like I got a lot of work to do on myself because this is
1: going. They're to crazy all. Land. They're all crazy. It's all crazy land. That's what it is. That's what relationships is. No, it can't. but, but that's it, what it is. I, I'll give you an example. right? I was, I, I you know, I was with Christine. She go. I go, what do you want to do? She goes, let's watch a documentary because she knows I love documentaries, yeah. right? Yeah. And we watched this one. She, she cho- I let her choose it, right? It mm-hmm. was Babies. Babies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It, which is the worst documentary I've ever seen in my life. Right. I wanted to call the company and get my uh, babysitting money. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's what it felt like. I felt like it was work watching it. So the thing is, that's a joke. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. But okay. the thing is, is that after the documentary, right, I watched it and I look over at Christine, right? And she's pouting mm. on the couch. Mm. I go, what the? Why are you. Sad. Yeah. She's like, during that whole movie, you didn't pay attention to me once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's insanity. Right. Right. But that's what they do. All of them. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean. And so it's like you know being a, a man and being you know logical. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. And and I and and when someone says something like that, you're just like your first intention. I mean, reaction is. Are you fucking out of your mind? Yeah. We're watching a fucking movie. Right. You wanted to watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's, you have to accept that that's what they do. They need constant
0: attention. I was trying to do that, but you know, I don't want to talk about it. Why? Because, Because, like, I don't, it's not. I'm just, I'm upset about it. And, and, uh, you broke up with her. Why are you upset? Because I, it, it, the only, because the reason I did was because I was afraid of myself that the intensity of the anger and, and the intensity of the dynamic, like i had been through a marriage that was very destructive. Yeah, I remember. And I'm not, I, I did nothing to, to remedy that. Mm-hmm. So after three or four years, you know, the first woman
1: that I, I actually feel, you know, engage with, all the same insanities come back. Can I ask back. which one? Because I've seen you with over the years after you know your marriage there was that dark haired girl remember no that, this though? is just
0: the, the last one although oh, well yeah, yeah she's really cute yeah. yeah and like i just like i got afraid for myself i got afraid for her like you know you get into those dynamics where like you know th- she's doing things to trigger me i'm triggering her and there's no like you know I'm, I'm not trusting and i'm just going crazy and i'm like you know i'm not fucking ready for this and i've got to fucking you know get some uh some help around this why shit why can't you
1: work through it while dating her
0: because because i don't know if i if i'm capable with this stuff where you start worrying about them like hey if i'm gonna do the work are you gonna do the work and if you're not gonna do then all of a sudden you're worrying about them i don't know how not to do that yeah and yeah. that's that other shit that's that codependent shit it's like you're sitting around you know you know not instead of thinking about yourself uh-huh. you're you're thinking about them and how they're fucking with you or how they're fucking up or how they're but they're, how are they fu- i don't even understand how they're fucking with you what do you mean what, give me well i'm just
1: paranoid i have a hard time with trust okay and, and uh, mark why can't you do this okay why can't you live in the moment first of all? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're cuz I and this is what I do, right? When I'm in a relationship with a girl, I think of the future constantly. Is this somebody, right, that I'm going to have children with, you know what I mean, and then a stable relationship is is this you're You think, think going to grow? No, that's your neural, natural, you know what I mean, thought process. No, no, I know, I did. But I did. instead did. of doing that, I try to just go, you know what? Relax, okay? Be in the moment with her, all right? Because it's your mind, right, that creates all these things.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, Bobby, mm-hmm. it's just like not only, not unlike fucking drugs <laughs> yeah. or anything else. Is that my weird control issues and my jealousy and all that stuff mm-hmm. that makes you know that makes me a crazy person? Mm-hmm. You know, when I like somebody, you know, even if it's just a friend, it doesn't even have to be a girlfriend. Yeah, like if, if it, I I it was out of control and and there was nothing that that she could do to help that, so I got to help myself.
1: Mm-hmm. So I had to fucking pull out. Did you break, so? How did she take it when you left? It was
0: her? horrible. It's all horrible, and yeah, I, I yeah, can't yeah, even yeah, really yeah.
1: talk about it. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. I I, I don't even know how you do that. But what happened to your last relationship? Uh, it, she she I I get to
0: the point in relationships where she has to leave first. It's a horrible thing, and it's the hardest thing you know I I can do or anyone can do. But some people don't have any problem at all. But usually, but lately. I just, um, it was, it just, it fucking got scary and not scary because like I was afraid of commitment or this, that, or the other thing, just scary because, you know, the anger and weirdness and the jealousy and then the fighting that came up. I'm like, there was this moment where I'm like, I can't, I can't be this guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it's not
1: her fault. Yeah.
0: You know, it's just the dynamic that
1: happens. Is the jealousy, um, grounded in some sort of truth though? Not really. Oh, Okay. You know, just it's just insecurity it's in your head again.
0: But like, I thought I was over this shit, and yeah, like, yeah. and like, literally, I was having these moments where I'm, I'm a fucking old man. I can't be this How guy. Older you know? Forty-seven.
1: God, you look great too.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I just want to try to be mature. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm now, now I'm going to start fucking popping thought bubbles, bubbles, and throwing intentions <laughs> into the void pool.
1: <laughs> Let me just say this though: white people usually at your age look like shit yeah they look like lizards uh-huh. and you look great at 47 maybe lizards? it's your mustache maybe it's your mustache it's No, you can just let it be you don't okay. have to qualify it all right well i mean
0: i can i've great though i would i would think the mustache would make me look older yeah um so um it's then why well, are you in therapy uh, yeah well i was but she was doing nothing i got to go to a real therapist that's hip to the recovery shit and you know all to these issues yeah like you go to therapists sometimes you just they'll just sit there yeah, yeah and and like i'll just blather to anybody uh-huh. And uh, and it, just because you go there and blather for forty five minutes a week, you think you're getting help, but I need real fucking help. You don't right talk
1: now. to Mishnah anymore.
0: What are you crazy? I'm sorry. How the fuck am I going to talk to her? I did everything I could in my power, despite her and hurt her, and now because of what just happened with me, yeah, I, I have you know, so much more
1: empathy for I haven't her. Haven't seen her around at all. She, she doesn't just, hang around anymore. She, she had a move? baby. She had a baby. She's married. She's oh, got a baby. Oh my she, god. Yeah. Did she move out of L.A.? No, she's here. Oh. Uh.
0: They just bought a house. I, I can keep track. Well,
1: congratulations, Michene, for listening. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is the first thing she's doing is listening to my. She could be. Show. Uh, she could be. I don't know. I'm oh, I'm so- to oh, no, no, that's all
0: right, no, it's all right okay. buddy. I, 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 I can process this stuff. Okay. You know, it's just like it's like right when everything's are uh, things are like going pretty well for me, like, and I feel like I'm doing a good job with stuff. All of a sudden this this muscle in my chest, this heart gets me into all sorts of insanity and I am I'm tr- I'm, don't, I'm going to fucking other programs to try to fucking deal with it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's the only way I know how to think, you know, yeah. and some people like who if they're against the recovery or whatever, like if you're in recovery, whether or not you believe in God or whether or not whatever the case. However Do you believe in God? No, nah, sometimes not really. You uh-huh. know, I I don't care about that. do you that believe much. in like a
1: omnipotent some some sort of power well, i know there's
0: some sort of structure to things and i know that yeah. i don't have control of most things yeah, yeah and i'm willing to have some faith in the fact that like you know i I, I can i can honestly say i'm powerless in the face of most things yeah, yeah yeah. but but nonetheless the structure of it enables me to see things in a way that makes sense to me mm-hmm. and that i can take actions you know that will you know be proactive as opposed to completely destructive right that's all yeah, yeah, yeah. so like so that helps me out but let's talk about well, your, i don't know why i'm laughing but well, no i understand yeah. let's talk about your relapse so so here you go okay what happened was you got mad
1: tv Fucking, you're it. you know what happened was this okay I, I so i so you know i do the deepak Chopra thing i get the uh, uh commercial and
0: you met chopra
1: yeah but it's a handshake oh you didn't hang out no oh. i went to um i got the tonight show Leno, yeah. right and then i then i auditioned for mad i auditioned nine times i get the show yeah right and then I get on the show, and the okay, the worst thing happened. What, what happened was okay. Let me just backtrack for a second. Yeah. Oh, oh, granted, I've been I was sober for this whole time, right? Yeah. But I, When I moved to LA, I never went to a single meeting. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know anybody in the program up yeah. here. Right. I was completely. I had, you know I had no numbers. Yeah. So then I get on the show, and one of the producers basically said to me, "Listen, man." I, you know, I was there during your auditioning process. I don't think you're a sketch guy, right? Mm-hmm. You're a stand-up, and I just don't think that you know you're going to fit in the structure of the show. Mm-hmm. This is—he's telling me this. This guy—he's a producer. Show. hes a producer. They gave you the show, though. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, people above him. Right, gave you're the show. on, and this guy's like, well, know. I'm not, I haven't been on yet, really. But he's fucking I mean? with your head. Yeah, and he's basically saying, you know, like, listen. So I'm, I'm not really going to campaign for you. You know I mean, so if you see that, so welcome to your new job. Yeah, so if you see that, right? So then, what I and then all these white kids get on the show, right? Yeah, um, like there was a kid, Taron Killam, who's now on SNL, right? Yeah. Who got on the show with me, he was 17, 18 at the time, yeah, and a bunch of other white people. And t- over the next two years, right? Yeah, I in the first season, I got like in four sketches. Yeah. Out of 23 weeks. But you're getting paid. Yeah, but Caliendo was on when yeah. I was on. He was on every week, mm-hmm. three or four times a week. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? No one would write for me. Right. And l- shortly after I got on the show, I just started taking Valiums because I couldn't sleep. Because you're just festering about what- Dude, why- every day I'd show up to work, no one would talk to me. Mike McDonald, who's a very, very good friend of me, mine now, wouldn't talk to me. Aries Spears- I didn't. I didn't talk to him for three years. Yeah, and you know there was this group like this senior thing. Click, click. Yeah, and I just I didn't do impressions. I had maybe one character. Yeah, I I had no idea why I was on the show. So it got to the point where I was like, I want to get off of this thing. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, and they wouldn't let me go because of this. this ethnic program that Fox had at the time, this lady named Wenda Fong was heading up the diversity section. Right. And I was the only Asian guy on a show on Fox. Right. So I'm now stuck (laughs) in a nightmare. You know what I mean? What?
0: They they just kept you around for some affirmative action reason? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I know this. Yeah. So I'm stuck in this thing. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to get loaded. So I took Mm Valiums and it immediately Vicodin and immediately, like drinking 24 hours a day. And this occurred for two years.
0: And he still didn't get on the show? No.
1: In fact, my second season was worse. It was like they had Josh Wolf, uh, not Josh Wolf, uh, Josh Myers, uh, you know, Seth Myers's little brother, yeah. who's a friend of mine, got on the show, Ike Barinholtz, these Second City guys. Yeah. And they just took over. And there was another Mexican girl that was on the show at the time, Jill Michelle Melion. I don't know if you know her. And Deborah Wilson. She was already a senior member. Yeah. She was always her. nice to me. I knew her back in New York. She's sweet. Yeah, she's a sweet lady. So then um, for two years, I didn't get on. And by the end of my second season, Fox gave me intervention because I just stopped showing up to work, you know? Yeah. And they gave me an intervention. And what happened was I was taking 30 vitamins a day, drinking and stuff. And just Fox gave me an intervention. Where do you get that shit? There was a, a sketch guy. I can't tell, his, tell you his yet. name. Yeah. But he was uh, from Second City from Chicago. Yeah. Who was hanging around. Yeah. And he was my supplier. My yeah. Supplier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. No blow, huh? No. But mm-hmm. I was spending like, oh, fuck, six dollars $700 a week, $800 a, a week. That's a big habit. Yeah, but you know, I was getting a weekly. No oxies? No. Mm-hmm. So what happened was Fox gave me an intervention. Mm-hmm. They told me, you know, we're going to give you another shot, one shot. We, we wrote this, you know, the writers wrote you a sketch, a Connie Chung sketch. Yeah. Can you clean up so we can do this sketch? Yeah. So, two days before, do you
0: think they knew that you, the reason why you were fucking self-destructing was you weren't being used? Like and then it was they, a combination
1: of a lot of things. but, but I, all of
0: a sudden you get a sketch on the condition of cleaning up. was that? But, I but mean, they were
1: trying to like yeah do me uh, uh, but at that point it was too late. and also I'm using i'm I'm done. I'm lost. Yeah. I don't even know who I am at this point, you know yeah. what I mean I'm fucking sad, bro. yeah. so I um, so I on a Thursday. Duncan Trussell, you know Duncan? Yeah. And at the time, he was dating this girl named Stephanie Escaheda. I know Escaheda uh, yeah. too, yeah. So they come into my house in Silver Lake, mm-hmm. and Duncan wants my Vicodin. Because mm-hmm. I tell him, I got to get rid of this because I'm shooting a sketch tomorrow. So he takes my Vicodin. Mm-hmm. They make me a fish dinner because mm-hmm. I hadn't eaten in days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I eat this. I wake up the next day and I'm not feeling right. Like I, I, I I'm, I'm shitting mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. right? So I take, I take some Imodium AD, mm-hmm. right, I show up to work mm-hmm. and I'm fine now, yeah. right, I'm shaking a little bit, yeah. I'm sweating cold sweats, Yeah, but I'm fine, yeah. I can do this, I memorize my lines. <laughs> so they put the Connie Chung makeup on my face, yeah. right, and I'm like, I'm fine, this is good, right, I'm gonna kill it, right, yeah. they put me in the dress, yeah. right, I show up at the set, live studio audience, yeah. right. And Aries Spears is in the sketch next to me. Yeah. Right. He's playing, I don't know, some black rapper or whatever right. he said. Right. Yeah. And I hear, and then, and now I feel not right when I'm on the set. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel my organs, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Punching each other. Uh-oh. Right. Yeah. And I feel like you know, I'm sweating. Yeah. And I'm shaking. Like I've never, sh- I mean, you like, withdraw. I'm withdrawing. Yeah. So then all of a sudden they say, five, four, three, two, one, action the lights turn on in the studio I see 350 people yeah cameras yeah you know what I mean yeah and now you can already tell something's wrong yeah because my eyes are crossed yeah right yeah I'm not saying anything yeah and my face is so wet from moisture (laughs) yeah right yeah so then I go good evening right yeah I'm Connie right and as I say Connie just my asshole opens up and it just sprays shit all down my stockings, right? So evening, you know, and, I, and you could, shh. Aries Spears goes, oh, motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like he, like he smells it. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yeah, And as yeah. soon as I hear, oh, motherfucker, they, cut. They see wardrobe coming, producers. Oh, my God. Right? And now the, now the poor wardrobe ladies have to wipe with these wet naps, the, yeah. my soiled stockings. Yeah. And Dick Lasucci, the executive producer, walks up, and he's screaming at me. Yeah. You're going to do it. You're going to finish this. Right? This three-minute sketch took an hour and a half to film. And I mean, that, in spite of uh, how sick I was. And did it, how long did it stink? Uh, I, it just kept coming out, but, the, you know, they stopped. It stunk the whole time. What are you talking about? Oh. Was awful
0: that is a, one of the worst stories i've ever heard this is what happens yeah
1: after the show yeah i'm shaking yeah and i'm packing my dressing room because it's the last show right and no one says goodbye to me everyone knows that i'm done i pack up my stuff and that's when i had a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. i had to hit my own new bottom mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so the next day I went to a detox.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got out and I started going to meetings. And what happened was one of the producers, which I either knew or didn't know, was in the program. Mm-hmm. And she saw me at the meetings. Yeah. So then her husband, you know, became my sponsor. Right. And so after during the summer, I'd got, I got Harold and Kumar, that little yeah. part in that movie. Yeah. And I started doing... You know, a lot of stand up and stuff. And um, she told Fox that like, this guy is really trying to get clean. He's been going to a lot of meetings. My husband's sponsoring him. Because at that point, people started, fans of Mad TV started kind of liking me. Yeah. Like I was getting, starting getting letters like, where's well, that Asian guy? Are yeah. You, like yeah. Him? you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I came back, you know, after a trial, six month trial, whatever, and yeah. I stayed on it until for eight years, for six more years after that. And he stayed clean the whole yeah, time? Yeah, the whole time. Holy fuck, that's a great story. Yeah. But it was like, and you know what? When I got on, when I was sober, the same thing happened.
0: But you instead, shit your pants on camera? No, no, no. Oh.
1: They, they weren't writing much for me. Mm-hmm. But I stayed in. like, I, Instead of like being defeated and leaving- Now, like,
0: what's the process? So you couldn't come up with ideas and say, come on, you I guys- I would
1: pitch things and they'd be like, uh, oh, it's hacky or- uh, it's been done, or whatever, you know what I mean,
0: but was this like now was this coming down from that producer? or was it just you know he started
1: no, he started liking me mhm, you know what I mean, as soon as I got clean, I think people started seeing that I was giving a good go. you know, he did some
0: funny shit on there,
1: no, I know i eventually when I had power, which is season four for me, yeah, is when i I, I kind of realized, oh, I'm one of the guys, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like people are starting to like me, right, and at that point, it was all good. Like, I was able to write my own things. You know what I mean? I had a team of writers. Yeah. Like Michael Hitchcock and guys that would, like, write for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Joyce and some of these, you know, old Groundlings guys. Yeah. The Second City people didn't really necessarily write for me, but the Groundlings guys yeah. really took a liking to me. Now,
0: are they, is there, is that two distinct camps? Yeah. I mean, do they,
1: and they have different beliefs about what should and should not yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Really? I mean, I think, I think um, S- Second City is, like, they're really into improv. and. Mm-hmm long form right they're really into um the actual writing of it uh, groundlings are more into character development and stuff right. like that and right. i think that they saw that i had some thought out characters yeah and also you know once you lock into something i mean you lock in yeah and i think they and also they saw that and there were some sweethearts like jennifer joyce who was um just sympathetic to the idea that I was you know, showing up and trying. Yeah. And they started trying, you know what I mean? That's sweet. Yeah, yeah.
0: And what happened uh, now when, when you stopped doing the show, is that you just had enough or everybody had it enough? It got canceled.
1: Or, oh, it's not on TV anymore? No. Oh. It was canceled years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And then after it was done, I couldn't work really. <laughs> you really? Yeah, I mean, I, my TV, it just all dried up. Right, well, I think, when was that? When did it get canceled? Two years ago. And what have you been doing the last couple of years? No, I started coming back. But like, you know, the next year, the following year, I had, that's why I went on the road because I just couldn't, you know, I pay pay two mortgages. I pay for my parents' house in Phoenix. You do? Yeah. And I pay for my own. And I needed the income. So I just hit the road Uh, three weeks out of the month. And what's going on now? I did some movies, you know, I did a movie with Simon Pegg, you know, called Paul. I did uh, Harold and Kumar 3. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Chelsea every other week, which completely changed everything around. Yeah, you drawing because of that? Well, I was drawing from Mad, but that just, I, it, she just, it's like magical almost. Yeah. You add another hundred to a show. No shit. Yeah. It, and you know, you, I was going on the road looking at Joe Coy's numbers, especially him because he, is Asian, and he doesn't didn't have the TV exposure that I did, but he was doing better numbers. And he's a hilarious guy, but it was a lot because of Chelsea. So I. That's the show I turned down immediately out of pride. Right when she got the show, they asked me to be
0: on. I was like, nah. Dude. Why? Well, at that time, I had my own petty resentments about it. <laughs>
1: because, Would you do it now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think I, you'd be great on that show.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm given topics, I can generate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can yeah. totally do it. Oh, should I? I think you should put in a good word for me. I will. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll try it. If they want, I think. I,
1: th- I know. I think that you. I think they. Uh, they're obviously aware of you, and I think that you should. I mean, dude, you think? I, you know, I sit there with Dove David. You know, some Dove does it sometimes. And it's it's gr- kind of tough, you know what I mean? I don't know about pop culture. Yeah, I don't me know- neither. I yeah. barely know who you are. Yeah, I know. I don't know who I am, you know what I mean? There you go. That's the thing that you do. I love it. It's like a warm blanket, isn't it? I love it. But you waited for a half an hour, which is great. You know what I mean? A half an hour of just like, oh, Mark really likes me. You know I mean? No. He's interested. And no, but like you're part of pop culture. Like, I see you as part of- I'm not a part of pop culture. I'm on the outskirts.
0: Okay. I am. Well, then that just made. I wasn't really that much. Ken Jong,
1: he's a part of pop culture. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Are okay. you jealous of Ken Jong? No, he's a nice guy. He's a great guy. He's on the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He was my. He, in fact, when I was on my Vicodin withdrawal, he was the guy I called every fucking two hours. Really? Yeah. Because Ken and I have been friends for many, many years. Back when he started, or when he showed up here. When he, yeah, when he was. Uh, even before, I went to his wedding, but even before he married Tran, mm-hmm. I knew him, even before he had kids and all that stuff. We did a tour called The Kims of Comedy. Oh, you were on that, okay. Yeah, yeah, with me, Ken, Steve Byrne, and Kevin Shea, which is Korean. So you were calling him when you were, like, uh, like that day the uh, No, the, the, w- the week, that, no, not yet, no. Well, I was t- calling him a week before because I was thinking about getting off it. Yeah. He was t- telling me, what do I need to do? He's like, I think you should go to a fucking place. I go, I can't, this and that. So that day, Thursday, when I... Through when Duncan came over is that twenty four hours, yeah, he was very vital. Right. You know what I mean? Just getting you through it. Yeah. Knowing you weren't dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You know what I mean?
0: So now this is like your third wind almost. So now you're you're selling out what,
1: theaters or clubs? clubs. What are you playing? Just clubs. Doing I'm doing San Jose tomorrow. Five shows? Five shows tomorrow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fine. I'm done you know what I'm done with, bro? What? I'm done with I'm done with like trying mm. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Make it. Well, it, having the pa- being fueled by the panic
0: that you're not, you mean? Like being fueled by the panic, like like, like you, by trying to make it, like you feel like you've proven yourself enough?
1: No, I just feel like I don't, there is no rhyme or reason to people's success sometimes. Uh-huh. And I just feel like it's a part of just one's destiny. Uh-huh. And if it's not a part of like, you know, I'm doing fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm making a great living. Yeah. But if that's, you know what I mean? What my destiny is, and if, because I've tried my best and I still try very hard. Yeah. But if I make the effort, I can't, I don't want to like beat myself up because I'm not at the level where like a Seth Rogen type. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there's, I, I, I've I done, I mean, I have great agents. I'm with CAA. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I have the best opportunities in the world, but I'm still, not Nick Swartzen. I'm not Zach. Right. I'm kind of still on the outskirts. You know? Right. And, and there's, I great. I mean, I, I, you know, you, you know, C- Cameron Crow. You know, because you're sure. almost famous. You know, I went in and met with him for his new movie, and he really liked me, but I didn't get the part. Obviously, and I'm in those situations a lot. Well, that's good. But I, you can't. I, you know, I drive away. I can't get him. You know, what I mean, I don't get those.
0: Yeah, but 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 that's but that's just the nature of that game. Everyone goes down. And the, the people that are in that racket, they don't even think about auditions anymore as being
1: life or death situations. You just keep going, and then if it, all it takes is one to hit, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is that I don't instead of like instead of getting an acting coach and two days before an audition, you know, what I mean, and worrying about an audition. Yeah, I just kind of you know read the thing. I understand the scene. I go in. I don't even memorize it. Right. I read it off the page. Right. I do the best I can and I walk away. And so that's where I'm at now.
0: You know that's I mean? good, man. Well, you, you seem very well. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. I wasn't passive aggressive.
1: Where's there a good to eat around here? What do you want to eat? I just, I'm so hungry. Mexican? I no, I don't want to do Mexican.
0: Uh, there was like, an
1: Italian restaurant down the street that I drove by, like Italianos or something like that. Was that place good or not? Oh, the pizza place? Yeah. Is it okay? Or?
0: There's a, we'll go get
1: something meat. Okay. I'm so hungry. It's good talking to you. I'm good talking to you. So how do you
0: feel? That was Bobby Lee. And I think, uh, I think we all worked through something together with him. And I thought that was a fine way to start off the new year. I hope you enjoyed that in all its stinky glory. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm excited. We're locked in. We're doing this 2011 thing. We're going to do it. We're in it. Got no choice. 2011. Justcoffee.coop at wtfpod.com. Go down there. You know, Take a little trip. To WTFPod.com, kick in a few bucks to the cause. We 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 run this show. We are listener supported, so we could use a few shekels. New merchandise, pretty new American Apparel shirts. If you go to the merch, get on that mailing list. I've been very diligent about that. Holy shit, I got to do it today. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Well, happy New Year. Okay, or or let's let's have a good day today and tomorrow, and then we'll see how the rest of it goes. Oh yeah. Sacramento Punchline, January 7th, 8th, and 9th. Come up to the Sacramento Punchline if you live in that area. January 7th, 8th, and 9th. Okay, I'll talk to you Thursday or whenever you listen to these. Oh my God.